Welcome, citizens, to the 12th episode of Liberty Vigilance. We're excited to announce that on the day this episode releases, we at Fool and Scholar Productions have sold our home and are officially moving from Sarasota, Florida, to our new base of operations in Portland, Oregon. We are excited to become citizens of the Pacific Northwest, and as we start our 3,000-mile drive across the country, we'll be listening to the No Sleep podcast every step of the way. Well, it's time for us to get started, so thank you again for listening, and remember, Atreus endures. Liberty. Vigilance. Episode 12. Treachery and Lies. Can you remind me what Pseudo is? It's just the person we were told to talk to to get our assignments, I believe. Oh, okay. You know, if we do that, we might actually be able to get assignments that send us to the basement. We just have to pretend to be intelligent enough to, like not just be guards of the front door. But at the same time, we can't just go in there and say, hey, you guys got any basement assignments? (laughs) I don't think that would work. That would not be appropriate. I don't know, some type of Atrian way of saying that. In this, I think we shall not succeed. (laughs) I've been reading... I've been reading, like, biographies of American revolutionary figures, so I'm sorry if I start talking like them. I apologize. All right, so should we stop by this task giver on the way down, because I've already forgotten his name. Well, I guess there's no harm in it. If Dr. Basudo gives us an assignment we don't want, we can just ignore it and blow up the building. Uh, yeah, right. that's a good point. Yeah. Floor 30 also isn't too far down, so it'll give us a little break from the friction burning as we slide down the banisters. <laughs> that is an awesome idea. I can't believe I didn't think of that first. The team reaches the 30th floor, met by a door which is sealed shut. Beside the door clings an entry panel, a few buttons illuminated. This is the one marked hanger with a non-digital lock. I'm not going to press the buttons. (laughs) I'm just going to start pushing buttons. (laughs) Pressure changes and ears pop as the team enters the room. Inside the room rise scrap homes and rows of storage. In the distance, three individuals are speaking with a man dressed similarly to an Atrian scientist. The team approaches the scientist. Hello. Dr. Pasudo snaps harshly at the three men as they stumble to move boxes nearby. Yes, hello. You are? We're new initiates. Uh, we were sent here to get our assignments. Are you Dr. Pasudo? That would be me, yes. You're interesting. What would you say your strong suits are in the scientific fields? Okay. Well... <laughs> I will need help in the coming days. There's an Atrian RMF... Oh, right. Fringes. Resource Manufacturing Facility. RMF is the... uh... (laughs) Never mind. We need these valuable resources in the coming days, and I'll need you to go in and discern which resources are present. Which one of you is the most intelligent or scientifically minded? Um... Never mind. Medicines and drugs and things. (laughs) Okay. You're not a user, are you? That's the term, right? (laughs) Is she one of them? 
No, I am perfectly capable of administering them, though. Excellent. I'm looking for things that look like meal canisters, medicines, drugs, or mysterious liquids that smell peculiar called chemicals. I'm specifically hoping to find large quantities of specific chemicals that I'll need in the coming days. It's very important that you find these chemicals, which you will return to me. Ah, uh, so you will take your goons with you to do the fighting and you survive. And then you put together the list of resources they have and bring that list to me. Once you take the facility, send a messenger, and a subsequent team will handle the heavy lifting to bring the resources back here. Assuming such resources are present. All right, pause. Let me explain this to my goons really quickly before you continue talking. Sure. All right. So, can we have, like, like a football huddle? <laughs> so, guys, I don't know if, like, she's whispering. Um, so, yeah, guys is appropriate term. Um, if we can find a place around here that's, like, a little bit hidden because there's a bunch of shambly homes here and we could restrain him... If we want answers to what's in here, I have that truth serum drug, and we could just pump him full of it as long as we can get him to a place where no one can find it. And then she she gets up out of the huddle for a second, and she's like, give me a second, it takes me a while to explain things, and then she goes back into the huddle. Jackson, Dwee, stop playing around. Well, first we're going to have to take care of those random guys over there. That's something <laughs> we want to do. Yeah, they may or may not be guards. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like they're armed now that I'm closer. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I said if we wanted to and if we could get him to a secure location without anybody noticing. There was a well, lot of we, ifs. We probably can't get him to a secure location without anyone noticing because this place is swarming with insane cultists. And I feel like somebody would see us unless we had a plan for disguising him. Maybe we could uh, put him in a wheelchair or something so that he's, uh, he's just got so rapturous at the thought of slaying the Archon that he went catatonic. And we had to escort him immediately to the basement. Are you done? It wasn't that complicated <laughs> plan. It I like to smash. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Dr. Basudo hands McBride a cloth map he's clearly just drawn. It's two blocks west of here. Dr. Vesuto points at the map in an exaggerated motion. Again, it's an Atrian resource manufacturing facility. Be careful, though. We're reasonably sure it contains one of those tunnels that lead into Atrius. So you'll need to seal that immediately once you take the facility. Or else, more of them could arrive and attack you. Oh, thanks. All right, so we're just supposed to go in, get information possibly seal up the tunnel and then return with information regarding what is in the facility for you guys. And of course, you'll kill everyone in the facility in the process. Oh, yeah. Murder, mayhem, the whole shipping. <laughs> That's the part I'm good at. Anything you find on the bodies, you may keep. The only important part that we care about are the chemicals. We want those to benefit the children of Melikor. Yes. All right. Does not seem that difficult. She turns to the people around her. Right? The way that you put that just made me think of, like, an Aladdin. The rest of the treasure is yours, but the lamp <laughs> is mine. <laughs> just bring me the lamp. <laughs> is that an attainable task for you and your gang? Certainly so. Yep, we totally got it. Especially if it comes with the need for some smashing of heads. That's what we do. 
<laughs> what is your little group called, by the way? I want to make Our sure name. to remember to check in with you. She gestures over to the figurehead of their gang. <laughs> We're called the Blood Skulls. Because <laughs> we take skulls and we make them bloody. And then she does sciencey shit. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I like you already, Blood Skulls. You're already a great deal better than the bloody skull chewers in my eyes. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> yes, indeed. Those guys are amateurs. You would produce such strong children. <laughs> so you said there's a tunnel back to Atreus. If we find it, uh, how do you propose we seal it off? Do you have any explosives we could take? Ah, uh, which one of you is the most apt to t- fit? Right. Which one of you is the most fit to carry explosives? I haven't sat down in a long time. No, never mind. <laughs> I don't see the relevance. Uh, Probably. My, uh, I'm pretty fit. Got muscles. What am I lifting? Carrying explosives? Yep, I can do that. Why don't I uh, give it to her? If you say so, she's kind of scrawny. <laughs> what about the other her? I've worked with a variety of explosives before. Ah, yes. Uh, here's a small explosives ticket. You'll need to go to the distribution center on the second floor, the market, and they will give you an explosion in exchange for this ticket. They'll give us an explosion? A bomb. (laughs) Okay. An explosive. Yes. I didn't know that fringes knew that word. But, uh... Never mind. They're in the computer? (laughs) (sighs) Yes. So go to floor two to pick up your explosive and they'll, uh figure out if you're competent enough, uh, worthy enough to carry it. Uh, small explosive? Ain't this, this, uh, a big tunnel? You, you know, actually, here. Dr. Busudo takes the ticket back from Wyatt. Here is a different ticket. It's for a welding torch. Just weld the door to the tunnel shut if there is one. I... What the explosive <laughs> I believe that I could properly make a timed computerized data pad that could cause the explosive to go off after we've left the facility, though, therefore ensuring that we can ha- gather the information needed and get rid of the threat in time to return to you with all the prominent information. You know, I really think this welding plan is much more suited for extending your natural lives now that I've spoken to you. <laughs> I like you all. But you really don't need access to an explosive device. It just seems like an accident in the making. Darn you, Flick! <laughs> you gotta keep talking. <laughs> Great job, guys. She just says stuff like that, man. I don't know. We can weld. Welding's fine. Well, I'll talk to you later. I really must return to my work. May all be purged in the Great Awakening. Thanks. We'll uh, teach you some of that fun Fringer language when we get back. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Dweet. Shocks him. Get back to work. Dr. Vasudo returns to his one-sided conversation with the laborers as the team returns to the stairs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't ask this. Is anybody good at sleight of hand? I guess I wouldn't really know that. Maybe Flick is, I guess, because I think all... It's kind of racist, but I think all Fringers are thieves. <laughs> <laughs> That's speciesist. <laughs> Just like, is there any way we can get that off of him? Um, his clothes... No, the... Oh, uh, the ticket. <laughs> the ticket for the explosives. Oh, I was thinking about something else. 
Um, Don't you already have some explosives? <laughs> uh, my... Yeah, I think we'll be okay without blowing anything else up. Okay, the explosives that we do currently have on us is just, like, a few grenades that are of the... I'm assuming just, like, the frack variety. And then we have the one that you said, like, eliminates people and turns them into clouds of dust. I wonder what it smells like after you use one of those. So I really don't think that's enough to blow up this entire building. Yeah. Um, we only need a little bit to set off all those fuel cells. Unless someone wants to, wants to go in there and try and slide a hand that thing off of him. Or charm him into giving us explosives. Or we could just go down to the shop and see if we can purchase some, guys. Like, we have a ton of meal. We really don't even need meal, though. I think I remember them mentioning that the shop would just give you what you needed. But they're going to say that we don't really need the explosives. Well, we can't buy them either. Uh, I think that one of the most important things we learned in our meeting with Dr. Whatever is that uh, there, uh, we have a guaranteed escape route. There, That location that he wanted us to go to has a secret tunnel back to Atreus. Yeah. Once we blow this place sky high, we can just leave. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, I yeah. was thinking along those lines. Yeah. But now we're trying to think about how to blow this place sky high. Right, that's the hard part. What I was going to say is, do you think that there's any chance of us hacking into a main frame or something, <laughs> overloading these fuel cells when we're a decent distance away? Maybe some kind of timed thing. If we can get down there close enough to the fuel cells. Well, uh, can we? Let's check it out. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yes, and let's stop at the market to get that torch just in case. All right. Who here is good at talking with the fringers? Do you? Oh, uh, that would probably be not me. Not me. Uh, do you mean talking to fringes or talking to these weird doctor folk? Because I can help you out on maybe one of those two. <laughs> may, pr- well, let's establish this. You can talk to the fringer peoples. Which of us can most likely stop screwing up having conversations with the doctor peoples? I can try. <laughs> okay. So we just we need to gather some info before we just try to head down there, because they're not going to want us down there. But if we can get some sort of information out of these people, maybe someone who works down there as a janitor at some point. I don't care. But we can't just assume that we can walk down there. Or hell, maybe we can't. I mean, there is no hell. F. What did I say before? Smithereens! <laughs> Let's get the smithereens out of here. The team walks down the long and winding staircase towards the market on the second floor. Entering the market, the smells of burnt flesh and cleaning chemicals waft and permeate the air. A number of fringers appear to be operating the market, distributing goods to adult fringers, former citizens, and a few quiet children. Uh, can I just do a perception check to see what is, like, what's actually available? Because there's, I'm assuming, like, a ton of stuff just, like, out on stalls and people walking around because it's, like, a marketplace. That would require a successful perception check. Yes, sure. Hmm. 17. Oh, nice. Not blind. <laughs> Azad is able to see welding equipment, various types of armor, clothing, meal, weapons, bullets, barrels, buckets, various receptacles... A variety of objects capable of producing light and random scrap bits. Though explosives don't seem to be visible. There are also a number of denoted locked areas that appear off-limits behind the counters. So we're here, guys. Yep, here we are. So uh, you want to tell them what we're looking for? Me? Well, I don't know anybody, really. Well, there's the welding equipment, and she points up on a shelf where she assumes she saw the welding equipment. Thrashy, she still got that ticket? Wyatt hands the ticket to Clarehout. Here it is. Thanks so much. 
Isn't Flick supposed to do the talking at this point? <laughs> well, this is what's happening now, I guess. Go for it. Hey, anybody got a welding torch I can take? A heavyset woman covered behind the counter lazily looks up at Clairehout. Her plump face is inked over in tattoos, which almost mask her abundance of freckles. Hold up the ticket. She takes the ticket from Clairehout, looking it over. Yeah, we got one. After a few moments of silence, she nods, pockets the ticket, and grabs a handheld welding tool about the size of a data pad from a lower shelf. Let's see, a welding torch. Ah, here. Giving it to Clairehout, she also hands over two small eight-ounce gas canisters. That be it? You have anything back there that could satisfy a sweet tooth? Ah, are you liking feet meat? Not quite that sweet. Maybe a little, <laughs> little less sweet than feed meat. Uh, what about, uh, what about a sweetie spot? <laughs> the woman motions to the flesh under her arm, which is considerable. Indeed. Here. I try not to do that out loud. <laughs> oh, that that does look quite sweet. No, I, I was thinking more like uh, edible. Uh, huh. I got a bit of jerky in the back. Yeah, I'll take a bit of that. <laughs> okay, okay, sweetie. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, I should have said I'll be back. <laughs> what a missed opportunity. She returns a few moments later, waving a handful of jerky. Clairehout is not familiar with this smell. Here's a tour. Thank you. She hands it to him and smiles. An otherwise toothy grin lacking many teeth. I sort of hold it a little bit daintily and step away. Give her a wink. Why not? Make her day. She blows a kiss at Clairehout, and apparently he makes a motion as if to catch it. Put it in my pocket. Ah. Oh, you're a keeper. All right. You said there were youngsters milling about. Can I go non-creepily closer to them? Clairehout approaches one of the children sitting on the ground playing with a deck of cards. Hey, what you got there? Hey, these are... these are some cool cards. I'm looking at them. I'm learning some games. You play games? I love games, man. What you playing? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to learn how to play. That's why I was thinking about getting more cards. Some of the kids on floor five are thinking about it, too. Floor five? What's, uh, what's up there? Floor five is where we live. Ah. Do you ever uh, explore the tower at all? Yeah. Ever play, like, hide-and-seek? You bet. Where do you usually hide? Any good spots? There are some great spots. There's, like, um, really small spaces, kind of, like, right between the houses. You can hide in them. People used to put stuff in there to hide, but you can put yourself in, too, and it's even better. That would be great, man. I'm thinking of playing... Hide and seek with my friends here. I'm looking for the best spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that you can non creepily approach the youngsters, actually. I don't think I can, man. <laughs> this will definitely require a successful persuasion check. <laughs> Persuade the small child. And slowly rub your greasy mustache as you leer. Huh? Oh my god. <laughs> he looks at the team. Your friends? They look a little big. I don't know if they could fit in. They, uh, 
They don't teach stranger danger in the Fringer schools. <laughs> hey, you ever hide uh, down in the lower levels, down in the basement? Nah, we're not allowed down there. It's kind of dangerous. Dangerous? Why's that? Well, just today, there's a leak. There's, like, gas. Like, poison gas. And we're not allowed down there. No one is right now. Well, I guess I'll have to keep looking. Yeah. Thank you. Slowly back away from the child, my hands in a very visible. <laughs> Later, Scarface. Let me go back up to the uh, desk real quick. Sorry, I'm just capitalizing all this. I can't think of a good name to call her. I don't know. Hey, uh, you got any breathing equipment back there? Anything to. Uh... Uh, did I take your breath away? <laughs> yeah, I got some cutie. How much you needin' and what type? A breather breather or a gas mask? If you check your inventory, some of you already own breathing equipment. I already checked your character sheets, and most of you do. Mm, Ooh, nice. Dang. Do I? I believe one of you took a gas mask off a dead soldier as well, earlier. I have a breather mask? Oh, uh, I actually do have a gas mask. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't know, uh, forgot about that. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, though. I don't. I need two gas masks if you have them. Yeah, I can get you two. <laughs> what you needing them for? Going out on an assignment, uh, expecting there might be some resistance, atrium weapons, maybe some gas grenades, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> oh, with the weldy. <laughs> don't uh, look at the light, else you won't be able to see me when you come back. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> that was slick. She smiles again, wider this time. There's a particularly foul odor emanating from her mouth. <laughs> Just remember, Onada sent you with these masks. <laughs> Kick their asses, brother. Will do, Onada. Thank you. I'll see you in a bit. She winks at Clairhout. Maybe a great awakening's happening tonight after all, if you make it back soon. <laughs> Toss a mask to Flick. Much appreciated, like you Atrians like to say. All right, anyone else want to buy something or find a girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, as uh, tempting as you made that look, I think I'm going to pass. Yeah, she's all yours, killer. More for me. So much more. <laughs> so much. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we got that welding torch, huh? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Is poison gas flammable? That depends on the gas. The team approaches one of the tables to sit. Zod begins to eat a meal. Pressure levels in the fuel cells doesn't mean it would be releasing any type of flammable gas. There, That would be too much of a, a leap. In reality, it would just mean that there would be some type of explosion or meltdown or... <sighs> Let's talk this through a bit. If there's a leak down there, and if it's dangerous... Just wondering if there wouldn't be as many people down there to see us if there's a leak going on. Oh. Hmm. Um, can I continue to look at the blueprints to see how the B2 floor buffer is um, drawing its power? Horatius's usual drive to purchase things is tempered in this instance by the fact that they don't cost money. Uh, the thrill just isn't there. Yeah, so I really only need to get to the second basement level, not the fuel cell level. By the second basement level, I should be able to actually cause the fuel cells to melt down by turning off the way that they're letting out their exhaust. 
Possibly. Okay, we know the fuel cells are active because we heard her talk about them on floor 40. Or floor 39 or whatever. So, wait. Did we decide that we're going to head to the fuel cells? Is that one of the things we're considering? I was consulting the blueprints. You were supposed to be talking amongst yourselves. (laughs) Well, so what do you think we want to do now? We've got some extra tools. We could, uh, well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, kind of sounds like we're ready to head down. But, uh... Well, if you're ready, I'm ready. I wonder if anyone would be able to recognize me if I put this gas mask on. It covers up most of my face. I could probably impersonate someone. Uh, yeah, only your eyes will be visible that way. Nice. I've got the welding torch to gouge those right out. Mm. (laughs) I have a crazy plan. You guys can tell me how little you want to be a part of it. (laughs) <laughs> if we're all wearing gas masks and concealed, we could try to just slip into the basement levels. If we do meet anyone down there, I have Morales' ID, which could give us some leverage. <laughs> now, the only problem I have with that is that I'm a horrible liar uh, under pressure, so I wouldn't really be able to talk. Maybe at all. The leader of the Blood Skulls, man. I'm taking you down there. You're my bodyguard. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, okay. If they actually need us to talk like a doctor, though, as long as I'm not lying and I'm just saying facts in a very scientific way, it doesn't count as lying. (laughs) It's just me blathering. Sounds like a nice plan. What plan so far? There's really no plan yet. We go down there with gas masks and investigate the floors below. Also, there's that mysterious room on the map that we found the entrance to. Which I'm pinging repeatedly on our shared map. Mysterious okay. room on a what the be what? Oh! <sighs> Next to the fuel cells, there was that room that we didn't know about. Here. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm all for uh, gas mask save Atreus disguise plan. Yep, I like that plan. Yeah, let's take a peek. If we can get to the second level and I can control the oxygen levels and we can set off a grenade. So if I can... Once we're out... Like, I can set it to to continuously increase oxygen levels over time, and then we'll have to set one of the grenades to blow up after we're out of the building. Additionally, we could affect the gravity in several sections of the building. But that would be... I, I know I have to get to the consoles before I know what the hell I can do, and what the smithereens I can do. <laughs> well, let's go see if anyone's standing near the stairs. Okay. On the walk to the first floor, the team all receive a simultaneous ping. It's a message from Investigator Tertullius Quinn. I've located a portion of the docket known as the Calling, and I'm transmitting it to you now. However, I've discovered that the full list is apparently split up between this location and a second inside of a different tower. I was able to discover the location of Citizen Dobson, and I have him with me. However, despite these successes, we've been cornered, and I don't suspect I'll have time to send a second message. Retrieve the second docket, destroy the tower, and meet with Director West. I will assist if... Hold this! Is that a grenade? Hold it! It's, It's active! We won't live through this. Seek Director West. Well, I guess we're definitely destroying the tower. Guess that's definitely... Yep, we're, we're all in on that plan. Yep. How is it that these people consistently think, you know what, these random miners and a fringer and whatever it is that you do for a living, she says looking at the others, like, why did they say, oh yeah, these people, these people are the saviors. This doesn't seem like a good idea. You remembered what I do. That means you like me. 
<laughs> You're the oh, only one great. that's mentioned what you do. <laughs> well, I'm Special Defense Force. This is sort of a normal day for me. Well, then, good. You can blow up the freaking building. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll watch. They reach the ground level and proceed to the next descending staircase. However, as they approach, three fringers in gas masks and one soldier in a breather stand near the entrance. The soldier speaks as the team approaches. Are you the cleaning crew? Uh, yeah, that's us. That's us, all right. She's gonna put on her breather mask. That's her reaction. Yeah. Horatius already has his on. Stay safe and don't take off your gas mask. It's pretty toxic. I don't know. Do what you do. <laughs> has it gotten any worse in the last little bit? I don't know. We're trying to fume it out now. We've, uh, opened some vents, uh... Some of the chemicals are in the process of going through one of those scrubbers. Uh, I'm told we're trying the best we can, but in honesty, I don't see much of what's happening, and you probably have a better idea than I do. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wearing a mask. Can't be that much better. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. Well, we're going to head on down there, and we'll tell you where it was happening. Don't die. Yep. The team walks by the heavily armed guards down into the basement. The first basement level is a maze of old, dark hallways, and even through the breathers, a strong chemical odor is present. Hmm. Can I do an, like, a... <laughs> There's no, like, science skill. Um, so it's not like I can sniff the air and be like, oh, yeah, this is an ammonia smell, or, oh, yeah, this is a, like... That would require a successful perception check. Right. All right. 21! <laughs> <laughs> the scent reminds us odd of certain highly combustible fuel she's faintly familiar with. Ha! Combustible. Hey, guys. Don't do anything that causes a spark. <laughs> so you mean don't bring that sales clerk down here to talk to Sylvanas again? <laughs> <laughs> we have such a spark. <laughs> the hallways and dorm rooms are sparsely populated, with a few individuals preoccupied with removing personal effects from the evacuated rooms. No one takes notice of the group. According to the blueprints, this is the elite residential floor. Thanks to Azad's previous actions, the team has a map that will lead them to the next stairwell located on the opposite end of this level. All right, so when we start heading towards the staircase, can we tell guards, like, we're here to clean up? Um, I'm, I'm relaying this to whoever it is that is our Fringer talker. So I think Flick. Yeah, that's <laughs> that would that's be Flick. Like, when, if someone says, hey, you guys need to leave, say we're the cleaners and say that they should probably step away a little bit farther because it's only going to get worse. Uh, yeah, I think... I think I can do that. Also, don't cause any fires. Because <laughs> it might actually get worse. As the team walks further into the maze, they pass various machines and air scrubbers working at full power to pump the chemical in the air out of the building. The team reaches the stairs for the second basement level. As the team descends the second staircase, they can see two techs, both dressed in atrian science garb, working at the bottom. As they get closer, one of them looks up. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing in here? This is Goptum. This is what we do. <laughs> you gotta get out of here. This is getting worse. That's why we're here. The problem's one level up. You're supposed to be one level up clearing the fuel out of those levels first. That's what you think, but it's getting worse down here. On whose authority? Clairehout must now roll a deception check. 
Oh, this is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> On whose authority are you here? Pseudo. Ugh. Okay. So what are you doing down here? What's your plan? We're in the process of venting everything out. We got the scrubbers taking care of the more toxic stuff, and we got the vent systems pushing everything we can out in the fringe. So why are you here? What did we miss? Currently, what you're doing is actually causing the people up on the higher floors to be um, affected by the toxins, so we actually need to close everything up long enough to find a way to reroute it all to the outside, because currently some of it's going into the tower, which is causing everybody inside of the tower to become ill. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Gupton engineers begin frantically adjusting the holographic controls for the tower. Somebody knock them out! <laughs> how, how, how many are there? Is it just two of them? The team scans the room and notes that it's only occupied by the two Gotham engineers. And he said they were scientists, so I'm assuming they're not very big guys. Neither engineer could be described as athletic, and both are currently engrossed in the controls with their backs to the entering team. Want me to take them? I got this. Just keep a lookout. Confirmed. I'm going to draw them on our map while they're facing away from us. I get the feeling I'll want to remember every moment of this. <laughs> but get them away from the thing so they can't hit any kind of button to call anybody's help. Okay, go. Go do the thing. <laughs> uh, Horatius walks up behind one of them, brandishes his beat stick, and beats the guy on the head with his stick. That will require a successful attack roll. Can I try to inject the other one with some of the medications that I got at the other place? Or just grab his mask. <laughs> well, would that have an immediate effect, though? Or would that have a second... Would that take a second to kick in? It would take a second, but hopefully he'll be a little bit shocked, and he'll be like, what's that? And I'll be like, okay, yeah, well, now you're going to be unconscious as I'm talking to you. Goodbye. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah, yeah. As she, uh, as she stumbles... <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to put that stuff inside Flick. the freaking needle and then try to stab it? Uh, Flick comes up, and he tries to slit him across the throat with his pistol knife. Well, if any of us get hurt, I missed, so I still have morphine. <laughs> well... Despite missing, Flick still has advantage and can attempt a re-roll. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> woo, woo The following happens in rapid succession. McBride glances at Azad as she prepares the injection. With a few steps, McBride clubs the first engineer's head with a sickening <gasps> crack. The engineer crumbles under the blow, and his signs of life disappear. Azad, distracted by the revolting sound, misses the injection, but Flick, moving slyly, positions himself quickly and slits the throat of the second engineer, knocking his victim's mask off in the process. Combat concluded, the team scans the room. <laughs> oh, you know, it's the throat blood poison. <laughs> you know, I don't think I ever want to do this again, but I never get to hit this many people when I'm mining, and it's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really enjoying myself in this moment. All right, let's go blow up this building. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very, very happy that even though I got a natural one, Daniel comes in and gets a natural 20. He's <laughs> just like, nope, I'm fixing this problem. <laughs> the scales have been rebalanced. The Goptum room consists of a series of controls, tubes, and machinery vital to the survival of the tower. The panels control various elements of the building. Each of the vital functions operates independently, but they can all be controlled from a single source. Granted, the source is in proximity to the internet hotspot. Now that the vents have been closed, the air thickens with each passing minute. 
gradually reducing visibility in a strange, stagnant haze. All right, so I'm going to turn to them and I'm like, there's a lot of things I could possibly do, but what do you guys want to do before I start working on this and say it quickly, because gas. Why don't we go to the basement while you do this? Good idea. Uh, should one Some, of us stick around? Somebody stay here! <laughs> I'll stick around. You guys go to the basement. I'll club anybody else who comes in while while she's setting all this stuff up. Why don't we switch? You go to the basement while I protect our most important asset. Aw, oh, that's sweet. Well, uh, does anybody have any objections to that? Okay, then. Move quickly. Okay. Yeah, hurry back before everything blows up. Uh-huh. Out of character, I'm concerned that this is going to be a betrayal, but in character, he just isn't thinking about that, so here we go! <laughs> and with that, the team splits. While half remain at the Gotham controls, the others descend a security ladder into the basement. Liberty Vigilance, created and produced by Travis Vengroff, with editing and writing assistance from K.A. Stats. Starring Peter Lewis, Sean Francis, Caitlin Stats, Daniel Thorison and Ashley Birch, with narration by Wayne June. Guest voices include Jason Malin, Kessie Rulinicki, Andrew Spittle, Daniel Demerin, Joseph Teagle, Jeff Clement, and Russell Moore. The music was created by Ryan McQuinn and Stephen Malin. Vigilance was mixed and mastered by Brandon Strader with cover art by Dan Stanek. The original game master was Travis Van Groff with assistance by K.A. Stats. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon team. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, please consider supporting us on Patreon or by liking and reviewing our show on iTunes. We'd especially like to thank citizens Zach Israel, Fallon Gannon, Adam Farber, Scott Morrison, Saryuko, Christian Shreet, Maria Berglund, Matthew Shaluga, and Jonathan Wade. This broadcast is a creation of Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening, and may the Archon watch over you.